You've tuned into all things fine and gentry with the connoisseur, French Thompson, where consistently we bring you ideas, concepts, and exposure to thoughtful content, lifestyle enhancements, and opportunities to improve yourself and those around you. Thank you for tuning in and taking a listen to this week's episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to All Things Fine and Gentry. This is the Connoisseur French Thompson, and I am grateful for each and every one of you all for tuning in today. And if this is your first time, well, welcome to the podcast, where, as the intro said, we take some time to kind of learn a little bit, engage a little bit, find some ways to uh, improve our life through the conversations we have on here. <clears throat> and if you are not a first time listener or recurring listeners, the connoisseurs, thank you for being a part of this. Uh, appreciate each and every one of you all for tuning in every week to be a part of uh, this community. And regardless if this is your first or your 45th time, uh, I would love for you all to share, like, uh, rate, review, um, be able to, to share this across the, the globe here. It helps us to be better at what we do and be able to um, to connect with more people. So the more that you rate and review, especially on Apple uh, or share on any other platform that uh, gets this information out there. And we thank you all for it. So we are in the middle of our League of Extraordinary Gentlemen series, and it has been awesome. I hope that each and every one of you all have enjoyed uh, the conversation with the men that I have been able to uh, to interview and to glean some knowledge from. It's been uh, it's been really well received by so many. And uh, I look forward to today's interview as well. As I typically say, I'm excited about the interview as because, um, like I've said before, I am always um, <clears throat> I would say I'm, I'm always looking forward to having conversations with people that uh, I can then put onto the podcast because there's people that I, I engage with, learn from, uh, have opportunity to meet or engage. And uh, uh, it's 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 been great to. Uh, put their conversations on wax. So today is is uh, like no other. We have Mr. Jeremy Joseph on the podcast. Jeremy, welcome back. Well, thank you, thank you. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's good to be back. And so, for some of you all are like, "What do you mean, welcome back?" Well, at the end of last year, we had a um, healthy for the holidays uh, series, and as a part of that, we had a uh, living single subset where we had. Uh, interview with two gentlemen and then two ladies after that. And so uh, the first living single part one was with Jeremy and his good friend, uh, Kent Justin Brown. And uh, they they stole the show and then the ladies came back um, <laughs> and wanted to, to lay the hammer down. And it was a good conversation. But uh, at that time, I said, hey, we're going to have them both back on to kind of share a little bit more about their stories. And if you've been tuning in into the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen series, you know that we had uh, Kent Justin Brown on a few weeks ago talking about Stay Dedicated. And um, now we have Jeremy back on to just talk about uh, talk about life uh, as Jeremy. So, um, you know, when we were on the podcast before, Jeremy, we kind of briefly talked about your your upbringing. But I want to kind of dig into it a little bit more. So if you could just refresh our listening audience about kind of, you know, who you are, what you do, um, where you're from and any other just kind of highlights you want to share and then we'll dig kind of right into it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, it's good to be back. Uh, my name is Jeremy Joseph and I am a Texas native. So I'm originally from Fort Worth, Texas. 
born and raised. I grew up here really actually um, until I graduated high school. Mm. Uh, and then I went, uh, you know, I, my, my ed- educational experience is actually pretty diverse. So I started off uh, at Southern University at HBCU. I went there for two years and Louisiana. And then I transferred out to uh, back to Texas and finished out my undergrad career at UTA. You could handle the song. Uh, what, what happened? <laughs> you know, HBC, HBCU is, the, is, is a great experience. But, yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> so definitely wasn't probably wasn't as focused as I should have been. Uh, and I started off in engineering, ah. but I uh, and then I switched my major. So, you know, I ended up coming back uh, to Texas, coming back home for a little bit and finish out. Um, and then I took a couple of years off and then I ended up going to grad school in Boston um, at Northeastern University. To get my master's, spent a couple of years up there, and then came back to Texas. And now I am a uh, higher educational professional. I work in the Division of Student Affairs. And for my job, I started out kind of in that exercise realm, mm. uh, like more physical health, uh, wellness uh, focus. And then now I'm more in the behavioral mental health. So I help out with like our uh, behavioral intervention team, which is really just helping out students that are in crisis. Mm. Um, it can it can range from all kind of um, issues and help them navigate to support and resources. So uh, I enjoy it. I enjoy the switch from physical back to to, to now to to the mental behavior side. Of things. So, so, so a little bit about me. Yeah. So post your decision to say, hey, uh, engineering is for me. Did you know that you wanted to get into education or is it something that uh, you you kind of um, stumbled into, not necessarily in a negative sense, but something that you kind of evolved into? Actually, yeah, it's actually something I, I just stumbled into. Mm-hmm. So I never actually had higher education on the, on the radar. Um, I was thinking more corporate. Mm-hmm. And uh, after after school, you know, I was kind of just on the job search and, you know, praying about things. And a door opened up at uh, the university that I'm at now. And, I, okay. you know, I took a stab at it and uh, I've been there ever since. Nice. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's funny how things work out. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> so, like you said, you're 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 a home homeboy, right? You, you grew up in, in Fort Worth. Um, mm-hmm. You, you know, went away for briefly to school for undergrad and then obviously for grad. Uh, what What has been the. I'm, I'm always interested in this because I would say that for me, uh, I mean, I'm from D.C., went away to Atlanta to go to Morehouse, then Michigan. Mm-hmm. Like essentially after high school, I, I never made it back. And I've, I've told people it's kind of two reasons. One, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one is because my folks were like, hey, go. Right. Just just go out here and, and live and experience. The second thing is that when I was looking to come back, I'm like, man, to live the life that I want to live, I don't think I can afford it because D.C. is extremely expensive. Oh, uh, but man. obviously there were other <laughs> there were other paths. So, I mean, what brought you back? Right. So, I mean, especially post grad school, what, mm-hmm. what brought you back to to Texas? <laughs> well, what brought me back is exactly what you just mentioned, the cost <laughs> of living. <laughs> it, it's so expensive on the East Coast. Um, yeah. And so graduating and, and living in Boston, I was kind of weighing the pros and cons. And that cost of living is one of the determining factors. The other was the. The cold, the winters in uh, <laughs> winters up north are brutal, and they're they're so long. Those eight months um, of just winter, Wait, eight months. Non-stop. There's no eight months. <laughs> that's what it felt like. <laughs> that's what it felt like. So yeah, you know, when I was weighing the pros and cons, uh, you know, the cost of living in Texas is substantially lower than yeah than East Coast. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I'll be here long. Uh, okay, for the long term. 
Okay. I, I actually enjoy. I enjoy traveling. I love, enjoy experiencing, uh, you know, new opportunities, new places. Uh, so, so, you know, I'm not sure exactly where that'll lead me, but I'm definitely open for, you know, new opportunities. That's interesting. All right. So I want to dig into your undergrad a little bit. Um, we've, we've talked briefly about your HBCU experience. Um, mm-hmm. And <clears throat> where you grew up in, in Fort Worth, um, was it a, a, I don't call it a culture shock, but uh, did anybody in your family go to HBCU prior to you going to Southern or was that something that was kind of just new for, for your experience and, and kind of what, you know, what to expect? Uh, Yes. So actually my dad went to Southern university. Mm -hmm. Uh, We actually have (laughs) a lot of uh, Southern university uh, alumni in my family. Uh, Um, Is your family from Louisiana or? My my family is from Louisiana. So my dad's side of the family is from Louisiana. And my dad and his brother uh, and sister went to Southern University. And actually, my dad's one of eight. So some of his siblings went to Southern. Some of his siblings went to Grambling. Ah. So there's a there's a rivalry. Small, the small, siblings. small rivalry there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I had uh, some uh, exposure to HBCUs already and, you know, going down there for um, games and things like that. Right. But when I actually attended for the first time, it was a, it was a culture shock for me. Because where I grew up in Fort Worth um, was was more diverse, mm. and so being now at a, a black institution, <laughs> it, it it took it took me a couple of weeks to to get adjusted. To get, in, in in what way? Um. So growing up, because it was it was you know diverse, going to HBCU, everything is catered to you, mm. and I just wasn't I wasn't used to that way of life. That's interesting. Uh, from from the classes to um, just even the music in the bookstore, mm-hmm. <laughs> you walk in, um, the the feeling, the vibe on campus, um, you felt like you felt like you had a sense of belonging mm-hmm. at an HBCU. Um, and whereas growing up, you always know that you were kind of like an outsider, essentially. Yeah. Um, you had that that feeling. So it was a, it was a definitely a different feeling. Mm. So you made your way back to to texas to to finish out once you decided to switch majors etc um what was that like i mean i assume there had to be a, a readjustment as well to come back to uta and kind of do something different what what was that like it was definitely a, a readjustment i when i when i came back and transferred to uta um, i think my mindset was was definitely more focused mm. <laughs> especially you know <laughs> because i i I'm paying for my education, so I'm trying to definitely make the most of it. Uh, but I was definitely more focused when I when I transferred back. I actually stayed at home for okay. the first semester, uh, and then until I transitioned into uh, until I got a roommate and moved out, uh, so that kind of helped me stay focused. And um, I was working, so I was working and going to school. So I was pretty much school and work, school and work, school and work. Whereas at Southern, it was uh, <laughs> it was school and party, school and party, okay, school and party. You, you've been dancing around this. I love this. You'd be like, you know, I just you know uh, stay focused. I got more focus. I mean, let's let's. I mean, we we get honest on the podcast here. Right? Yeah. Was it yeah. was it just the the uh, abundance of opportunity? Was it the just you know away from home? What what was it for that was um, 
I don't want to call it unfocusing <laughs> about it. I mean, it, I mean, I, I went to Morehouse, right? So I had we had Spelman right. right across the street, Carkland. Right. Like, like there were more universities and colleges in Atlanta in per capita probably than most locations. So I get it. Um, but, mm-hmm. but what was it for you that, um, I mean, that, that I would call it <laughs> knocked you off balance from essentially being focused and go from there. And then what, yeah, what did you that, do to kind of change it beyond just changing your atmosphere, but your mindset? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. So when I first, when I first, my first semester at Southern university, I was so focused on, um, not flunking out mm-hmm. because people had told me, Hey, you know, the first, your first semester is, is critical. You got to make sure that you, you're not just there one and done yeah. that you can, you can continue through to, to get your degree. So when I first attended, I was hyper-focused on classes, homework, homework, and, and just making sure I, I was able to maintain the grades. Um, and I also was new. I didn't know anybody else. Right. I didn't know anything. Uh, and so it, that was pretty much my, my routine was just, just hyper-focused on classes, but well, probably halfway through the semester, the social aspect of me came out <laughs> and I'm, you know, speaking to people, I can't, I'm, I'm starting to know people. I'm know, knowing people. I'm, I'm knowing different events. I have this freedom that I never had before because growing up, I always played sports. Okay. So I was, I was very disciplined when it comes to, uh, you know, education, sports. And then that was pretty much my life, like education and sports and church. Yeah. And so now I'm in this different environment where I have freedom, <laughs> I have autonomy of choice. I'm like, Hey, if I, I don't, I don't think I'm going to church today. I think I'm going to party. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to class. I think I'm a, uh, I'm thinking I'm a sleep in. So, um, you know, building that network of friends and the social scene, and then there's always something going on. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it started to, uh, pull away from my focus. And I can tell you like from my first semester, I, I started out really strong. I think I was at a three, six, maybe three, mm. seven GPA. And that second semester plummeted. <laughs> it plummeted. <laughs> so yeah, by by the second semester, I was in the groove. You know, it was a totally different experience. I've I've already transitioned, become accustomed and acc- acclimated to you know the environment. Um, so I definitely was in that social scene. That's <laughs> just good. I mean, it's it's a real story, right? Um, but you were mm-hmm. able to turn it around, right? And so I was able to turn it around. Yeah. So when I when I transferred back. To Texas, I think, you know, um, the, the mindset shifted for me. Mm. It, it was more so, um, you know, focus on your academics, uh, make sure that you're you're graduating. Right. Uh, you know, uh, making sure that you are, you know, one, if I'm paying for school, making sure I don't want to waste my own money. Right. <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to pay for school. And uh, when I was at Southern, I was actually on a scholarship. I was on an academic scholarship. Mm. When I transferred back to UTA, I lost that academic scholarship. Yeah. And so I, was, I had to take out loans. Um, so, you know, when the, the mindset shifting back to UTA was, hey, just gra- graduate, focus yeah. on graduation. So 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 it was interesting, right, because you talk about the social scene and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. you still chose to, to pledge Alpha, right? Yes. At, at UTA. Mm-hmm. Um, what what made you make that choice? Right. Again, was it that you had Greek in your family um, or, you know, uh, the desire to build, you know, friendships or brotherhood. What what led to that, and how did that also impact your outlook on life? Yeah, um, I don't. I didn't really have Greeks in my family. I have a, a uncle who was an Omega, mm. um, and some of my, some of my aunts are Greek. Um, but I wasn't really exposed to the Greek life up until I I got to college. Yeah, and so um, 
for me, it wasn't the friendship. It wasn't, it wasn't really like the strolling or the step in any of that. Um, I noticed the impact that the Greeks were having specifically alpha on campus, um, on campus and, and also in the community. Okay. And so one thing that, that stuck out to me was the service, the service, um, uh, from the, from the organization. Yeah. So, uh, I was like, man, that's, that's definitely something I can get behind. Um, it seems like they are being impactful, influential within the community. And that's something that I aspire to do, right? It's impact people, um, be influential, um, serve. Those are, those yeah. are big values of mine. Yeah. And so that kind of is what drew me to the fraternity. Um, and then, uh, you know, just the level of, uh, the level of notoriety, the level of prestige and the distinguished that they, that they were on campus. They also drew me to, uh, pledge alpha and, um, you know, that pledging process is the process in, a, in and of itself. Right, right. So um, it, it shifts your mindset and lets you, you know, you start to value and look at things a little bit differently, recognizing um, that you can uh, definitely do more than you thought you could do mm. on the front end. Yeah. So it challenged me in a lot of areas. And I challenged my perspective, it challenged my mindset. Uh, and I think it, it kind of broke some of the limits that I put on myself. Ooh, that's good. That's yeah. Cool. So it, in, in doing that, it allowed me to see um, opportunities, allowed me to see things, uh, see myself and see see my environment completely different. That's good. That's good. I want to dig into that a little bit more a little bit later on. But so you so you finish UTA, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, back home in Texas and then you decide to go further away. To test yourself again, I assume, to go to grad school, <laughs> right? Because <Right. laughs> what, what was that decision? How did you decide to, I mean, I don't say you can go further away from Texas. I mean, probably you could have gone to Seattle or something, but in the contiguous United States, uh, mm-hmm. you, you decided to go to Boston. Um, what led to that decision? And in previous conversations, I know we've had, you talked about how that has shaped your outlook and your discipline as well. So what led to that decision and what happened in Boston that, further refined Jeremy Joseph? <laughs> well, when I graduated from UTA, I wasn't working in my in my field. Mm. Uh, so I graduated with an exercise physiology degree, kinesiology, mm-hmm. uh, with the with the plan while I was in school was to become a physical therapist. Okay. Uh, my last semester in college, I did an internship and realized that physical therapy wasn't really my my route, my route. Okay. Like I didn't have the same interest that I wanted to, which is I'm, I'm thankful for internships because they, they give you exposure that whether or not you want to do it or whether or not right. you, you think, Hey, I need to go a different, different direction. But at that time I was already graduating that semester. can't really go back and change, <laughs> change my major, but I still had an interest in the field itself, just okay. not specifically physical therapy. Um, but I ended up getting a job, a part-time job uh, in college. And so I, I transitioned to full-time when I graduated and I believe I just got comfortable in that full-time job. Mm. And so I worked there for two years, uh, kind of just, you know, being comfort- comfortable, comfortable, right. really new, um, new, new grad, you just chilling. new grad. Yeah. Just, just chilling, you know, um, kicking it, hanging out, um, comfortable. <laughs> and, and I don't like being comfortable. So stagnant mm. being stagnant is not something that, uh, sits well with me. And so it was really eating up, eating me up whenever I was, uh, you know, going to work in it every day. And so, uh, I started looking into what I wanted to do next in life. You know, you have the, some of those moments in life where you're like, Hey, what's next? Like, this yeah. can't be, it. Yeah. I got something has to shake. And, um, I, I decided to go back to school. So I was looking into degree programs and I also didn't want to stay in Texas. Okay. Um, 
I wanted to travel outside of Texas. I, I wanted to get out of that comfort zone. Everything was familiar. I don't like for things to necessarily be familiar. I feel like you can grow the most when when you're in an uncomfortable situation. That's um, and you have to you have to really really expose yourself to new things. You don't have a choice but to uh, but to learn and adapt and grow. This is interesting. This is your 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 taking is a way that I did not anticipate. Where do you think you got that from that you don't like being comfortable? I mean, and the reason I ask this is because I mean, we, we talked about your family in the, in the previous podcast. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, your mom, dad, college educated, you and sister, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the the American family, y'all probably had a dog too, right? So you got, you know, parents, 2.5 kids. <laughs> we, we did have <laughs> a dog. Exactly, right. Quintessential, you know, middle class uh, uh, African-American family, you know what I mean? That not necessarily saying that comfort is what the you aim for, but mm-hmm. um, like even just seeing you and an engagement with your family, your your sister, all these things like you guys are doing well and you wouldn't I wouldn't think that you would have this desire for not to be comfortable. So where do you think that that came from? Uh, I think it's just something I grew up seeing mm-hmm. uh, when I think when I, and when I look at my family. Uh, I think I, I always saw my family that they were always doing something. Okay. It was, it was, then it was always something else. Yeah. Um, so even from to my from my grandparents um, to uncles, aunts, my my parents, they were always they always had their hands in something, and it wasn't just one thing; it was multiple things. And so I saw, I grew up seeing that hey, there's more to life. Mm. You know, there's always something else. And so I kind of I guess I placed those that on my own. Burden is not the right word, but that own the onus on myself yeah. to to really um, aspire for more. Hey, like don't settle. You can there's you can accomplish more. I saw my my grandparents and my uncles like break barriers. Yeah. So uh, you know that's something that that I aspire for myself is to uh, break the glass ceiling. Essentially, do, do, uh, do you feel do you feel that that's a uh, I don't call it a fair weight, but how does it feel? carrying that that burden that you place upon yourself to say I, I, I must do that right I, I have to assume that and sometimes it's motivating and other times it may be uh, frustrating uh yeah I don't know if it's fair <laughs> but uh, I think it I think it, it it's definitely uh, motivating and inspirational for me mm-hmm. um, so it's like it, it really kind of is a, a drive and for me to be honest, it's, it's bigger than me. So even That's when cool. I look at my my family, I see, I see the work that they put in, the hard, the work ethic that they had. But I also see the impact that it has on other people, mm. um, and I think that's where it kind of speaks for me, uh, speaks volumes for me, because I can recognize, hey, yeah, um, what I'm doing essentially is bigger than me. Yes, it may be, I may benefit, reap the benefit in some way, but I see how um, if you can do things on a grand scale, on a larger scale. Uh, you can impact people in ways that you can't even really imagine. And I could hear stories, whether that be from my dad, um, my, my, my grandfather, whoever it may be, about how they impacted their life. And I believe that they don't even realize that they had this impact on them. Mm. And so I think that is kind of what helps keep me going. Uh, it keeps me striving for more. That's good. That's good. Ooh. All right. So you go to Boston, <laughs> pursue mm-hmm. something else. What, what, what evolution in your life happens in Boston? <laughs> I, I feel like Boston probably was my uh, my greatest learning curve so mm, far. Okay. 
because when I went to Southern, I still have family in Louisiana, so I could always, um, you know, fall back on, you know, family. You know, if I, you know, I'm struggling college student, I don't, I don't know where my next meal is coming from. <laughs> I can hit up, my, I can hit up my aunt or somebody, and you know, you go crash over there and, yeah. and get some food or something like that. Well, Boston, I moved out there, and I didn't know anybody, so I really, um, I didn't know, I didn't know my roommates, I didn't know. Uh, I didn't have family or friends out there. I just enrolled in this, this grad program, flew out there, got my roommate probably maybe like a couple of weeks before I moved out there. And, I, and that was all through like email communication. Yeah. So I'd never met him before. Literally got off the plane in Boston, got, got my keys and met my roommates for the first time, figured out where I was living and then started to explore life from there. So just really kind of starting from ground zero was a uh, foundational for me for like a learning mm. environment uh, <clears throat> so going out there i think that's where i was i was tested and challenged in a lot of ways um and recognized that you know um, you know if you can really put your best foot forward um uh, trust god mm. then anything is possible yeah right anything is possible and so um just establishing you know, the, the, uh, transportation system out there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And it sounds, it sounds small, but something like that, No, I mean, uh, figuring I mean, out most people, I mean, this is one thing that I've learned. Most people don't grow up with public transportation, right? That you're, mm-hmm. you're leveraging, you know, the bus system, the subway system, you know, uh, Amtrak, et cetera. I mean, it, it was common for me because that's what we grew up around. Like, we mm-hmm. didn't have school buses. You just hopped on the bus, right? You wanted to go mm-hmm. somewhere, you hopped on the metro. So, I mean, I know that's a culture cultural shift for a lot of people to not have that reliance on a, a personal vehicle or, or or something like that. So, yeah, it was a cultural shift. And I also say it was another mindset shift for me, mm-hmm. more so this time in like a humbling manner, mm-hmm. uh, because coming out, going out there, uh, I stopped working, so I was just going to school. I was working full time, so I was going to school. So I ended up having to pick up a couple of part time jobs while I was out there. So I was really grinding <laughs> while I was in Boston, right? And on limited funds. So <laughs> you know, shifting to now, um, not only like figuring out this this public transportation system because I don't have a car, one, um, I can't really afford to Uber anywhere. Yeah. So I have to I have to figure out this transit system. I can't afford to go out to eat, so I got to figure out <laughs> got to figure out how to how to come my way around the kitchen. Um, <laughs> And, and then also just working multiple jobs. So I would go to um, go to class and then I was a graduate assistant for a research program. Then I was also working part time as a, as a waiter. Um, then I was also working part time on campus. So it's just a lot of different um, uh, facets to the, the grind for me. And it really humbled me in a lot of mm. ways. But I think it it built a lot of character That's good. because there was there was no at no point on this journey was I did I ever really miss a meal. So one, it, it also showed me how God comes through, right? God comes through no matter what. I was never really in in need or want. Um, and then I also built a community around. Right. And so uh, one, we, we kind of talked a little bit about the fraternity earlier, but that's also where it, it plays in. It's just getting plugged in, being networked. I was able to um, get plugged in as soon as I, as soon as I moved up there, probably within um, the first couple of months, I was plugged into the fraternity out there, which then, you know, that opens up a network of, of people and that's how i ended up getting one of the jobs that's what's getting up. plugged in with the community so it ended up coming a, a really great experience uh, and i learned a lot you know about myself 
just through that journey uh, that uh, I think really uh, helps me as I continue to navigate through my professional career. That's good. So it's it actually a perfect segue because, all right, so you recently turned 30. You had this big mm-hmm. celebration. We talked about it on the podcast, all these types of things. <laughs> um, but lately, it seems like you've been doing a lot of I would call it self rediscovery, but self discovery, self actualization since hitting your thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and as a part of that, you've kind of, I mean, from when I first met you, you know, seven plus years ago, I don't want to say that you were reserved, but you weren't necessarily, um, ah, I would say, I want to say live out, live life out loud, but weren't, weren't as vocal. Right. Um, right. You know, I remember meeting you and, and Justin was like, yeah, my boy just came back from Boston. You know, there were, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, long stories about, you know, you trudging through uh, miles of snow <laughs> to get to church and all this stuff. So with the fable of Jeremy mm-hmm. Joseph, uh, that might even be the title of this podcast, the fable of Jeremy Joseph, um, <laughs> that, that was there, but you were, you were, you know, I mean, shoot, I'm thinking about it, right? You were 23, <laughs> right? So right, right. You know, seven plus years ago, now you're, you're, you're here, you're, um, you know, you're, you're 30. You've been very just kind of like, hey, this is me. What, what do you think shifted that brought you here? Yeah, so I'm naturally a pretty reflective person. Yeah. Uh, very introspective. And um, I think life experiences, really. Okay. Uh, life experiences kind of brought me to the point where I'm at. So, you know, we, we, we add one experience after the other, going from my, my time at Southern University, my time at UTA, my time in Boston. Um, transitioning back to Texas and my time starting to uh, navigate through a professional career, it, it opened my eyes to life from various perspectives. That's good. And um, and so starting to see life differently, you know, kind of thinking outside of myself, big picture. Um, like I said, I do a lot of reflection, so I spend a lot of time intentionally working on myself, probably in the later twenties. Yeah. Um, and so what that looked like is, um, you know, spending some time journaling, spending some time, uh, you know, just like in self growth, looking, figuring out certain areas that I wanted to grow in spiritually, um, health and wellness, um, and, and kind of really tackling those, mm. um, being disciplined about that, um, she started to shift my perspective and, and along the lines of, in reflection, I recognized that in these different areas, different stages in my life, um, I saw how I was able to, uh, to be influential and impact people through just my life. That's good. Right. Not even necessarily having to be very vocal about it, but at certain points in that life, um, I was able to impact other people's life. And so recognizing that, you know, the reason that I always wanted to be, I was really reserved is because I feel, figured nobody really cares about, mm. about what's going on with, with it, with me, but also, um, am I, do I really have that much, you know, to offer and, you know, as I started to reflect on that and really kind of take ownership of who I am and really started to walk in, in like my purpose and my calling, I started to recognize the uh, perspective and insight that I have and the value that I have to be able to offer other people. Um, and it was more of a disservice for me to keep it to myself mm. uh, for, for those selfish reasons and when I can be blessing somebody else. Right. And ultimately, my goal is to be a, is to, is to be a blessing for others. Right. So how can how can I do that if I don't share? Right. If good. I don't share yeah. and my experiences, maybe can help other people because I feel like I have a, a very diverse uh, <laughs> a lens to see life through. 
I can connect with people from a, a lot of different walks. Um, and so being able to do that um, has kind of started me to really walk, walk out my life more out loud. And another thing that I always wanted, that I've always aspired to be is uh, like an ambassador for Christ, right? That's so cool. how can I be the best, the best representation for Christ uh, if I keep everything to myself? Started, so I, I really wanted to start to, to explore that a little bit more. Uh, so some of the things that, you know, I was working on, whether that be, uh, you know, the journaling and then starting to put out a blog or things like that, um, yeah. kind of giving people has, insight has your, into. Yeah, has been your manifestation of that. Yeah. So so, so let, let's sure. talk about it. Right. Because this is where we kind of get into the extraordinary gentleman side of things beyond everything mm-hmm. else that you talked about. So. You know, this year you're like, hey, I'm I'm coming all out. We I'm a, I'm releasing a blog. I'm, I'm doing <laughs> yeah. a podcast with my boys. So let's talk about the blog. What is mm-hmm. it? What are you sharing? What are the writings that that you're kind of going in there? And then we'll talk a little bit about the podcast and and, and go from there. Yeah. So <laughs> you're right. Yeah. This year I was like, hey, I'm going all out. <laughs> uh, and I think that that really stemmed from. I know we've had conversations in the past, and I appreciate you. You know, you're always holding me accountable and challenging me in, in other areas, but also recognizing that I was. Here's the thing. I started to have a conversation with some of my boys mm. and these conversations started to be uh, I started we started to have the same conversations over and over again. Mm. And so I recognized that we were doing a lot of talking, <laughs> but no acting. <laughs> like We're just talking. You know, we had the same conversation a year ago, two years ago, <laughs> but nothing has changed. And so for me, uh, you know, 2021, I decided to really like put my foot down and, and step out there. It's like, hey, I don't I don't want to be. I don't want to be having the same conversation a year from now or two years from now. So I need to take action, whatever that looks like. Let me just take action because to be honest, it was really just fear that was uh, holding me back uh, from, from walking out in, in, you know, these different areas. And so I decided to take that leap of faith, which pretty much has been my testimony throughout life is just taking a leap of faith. Like going to Boston was a leap of faith. Mm. This, uh, the job I'm at now is a really a leap of faith and it's always worked out. But the, the, the thing that I started to realize is that I have to take that first step. Like I can take all day um, and I can plan. I can try to figure things out. But if I don't take that first step, I'm not going to get anywhere. That's good. So that's good. The start of 2021, I decided, yeah, it's time for me to, to at least just take a step. Whatever happens from there, I can adapt. Right. This right. might be my life. Like you take a step and then you adapt. You become flexible. And so I decided to, uh, you know, take a step and put out a blog. And the blog is really just. JJ's thoughts. That's what I called it. It's JJ's thoughts. It's really my thoughts. Um, you know, I like spending some time journaling. Um, I feel like I, uh, it, it's really reflecting on either situations that happened or things that I feel like God downloaded in me. That's and good. it's just personal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know I, I, re- I recognize that I've shared some of these some bits and pieces of it to people in their situation uh, without without fully disclosing like, this is <laughs> this is like a blog or anything like that. And I saw how uh, it was received. Yeah. And not so much from like praise for me, but that, but more so like, hey, that spoke to my situation or that spoke to something I was going through or I, re- I relate to what you were going through. And I started to recognize, well, hey, maybe more people I put some. But yeah. yeah, more people are going through similar situations or have similar thoughts. And I have a unique perspective maybe that I can offer to maybe give somebody some encouragement, some inspiration uh, that really helps them to be the best version of themselves. That's and so cool. the writings that I, that I do are really <laughs> there for me. <laughs> I just share them for everybody. Else. Well, I mean, it, <laughs> but it's it, really, it's really me speaking to me. <laughs> that's good. I mean, it, and, and I mean, 
it's interesting as I am, you know, diving more and more into this podcast world and, you know, Catherine, my wife is, you know, engaging in it. And you hear a lot of the, you know, people that are out here sharing a lot of it is just mm-hmm. their own experiences that they're sharing and being able to glean the, uh, the lessons from that and be able to share with others that people can relate, apply and, um, leverage to be, to better themselves. Right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, oftentimes, um, we we feel that we're living this thing alone, right? I mean, right. I say like, you know, one of the the biggest lies that the devil you know puts in there is that you're you're alone, right? That you this mm-hmm. is you. You're the only person dealing with this, and because you're the only person dealing with this, you are less than, or you know, something is wrong with you. But the more mm-hmm. that we share, the more that we talk, the more that people feel they see that it's not just them that are going through these challenges, and it helps people to be to adjust better and get the right tools to be able to, to tackle and get better at it. Cause otherwise if we're all living in isolation, then, you know, we, we, we never get stronger. We never get better. Cause we're not strong enough to, to li- literally lift ourselves up. That's good. And, and, and speaking of the strength, one of the things that I recognize is that, uh, there's strength and vulnerability. Mm. And, and so, you know, my writings are, are, they're vulnerable for me. So even when I put them out, uh, you know, there's that hesitation and apprehension <laughs> that, I, hey, I, no, nah, I don't want to put this. This isn't that good. Um, this isn't going to help anybody. This is going to be valuable. There's still that voice in the back of my head sometimes that still kind of gets kind of loud at times and I just have to quiet it down. Yeah. But things that help me to continue to move forward are recognizing that, uh, you know, uh, it, it's it's really it's not about me. Mm. Uh, and, and also, uh, I feel like in other areas of life, um, even if it's not writing, so even for my job, right, just even the, the impact that I have on students and the, the coaching, the one-on-one, I'm able to really pour into people. Yeah. So uh, I feel like if I don't do that, then it's a, it's really a disservice to the gifts that God's given me. So it's interesting kind of what you're you know, talking about, you know, and I, I have to assume that the Soundboard podcast is a part of that same thing, right? You, you had spoke about how you even have a conversations with your boys You've been, you know, these things over and over again. Um, but now here's this opportunity to kind of share and 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 essentially have this conversation out loud, which I assume holds some accountability to you all as well. So how has how did the podcast come about and how has that even changed the way that you are sharing your story and being vulnerable? Yeah, <laughs> so it did really come about. From, the, from all of the conversations that we have had over the years. Right. Uh, I feel like la- early, the beginning of last year, we started uh, more. So me and I have two co-hosts, Dante and, and Coop. Yep. Uh, and D- Dante and I had had conversations at the beginning of last year about doing something, you know, whether that be a podcast or just some type of uh, something something in on social media, okay. uh, like a message out there to, to motivate people. And, you know, talking about it, like I said, we were doing was just talking and no action. <laughs> month, <laughs> month started to roll by and we were like, hey, you know, we're still talking about this. Do we want to do a podcast? Do we want to do um, a short, you know, YouTube clip? What do we want to do? With right. Um, so we kind of got to the real towards the end of last year, like having some, some intentional conversations about what that could possibly look like. Um, and then podcasting came out because we were like, hey, you know, we have really we think we have really dope conversations with one another. Um, we hold each other accountable. We have, you know, we're, we're, we all have different personalities and we brought Coop in the mix and we're like, Hey, we, we kick it as, as boys, right. we might as well just put this on the, on the podcast. 
you know, uh, have these conversations on a podcast that people can relate to um, that could, you know, spark other other conversations. So that's kind of how it started to come about, you know, just the, the natural conversations that we have as boys throughout the years. We wanted to just put that uh, on a recording so that other people could, could hear. And maybe, you know, you start to think and, and uh, draw some different perspectives, uh, mm-hmm. some different outlooks, start some different conversations and, and dialogues within, you know, different groups of people. Yeah. I mean, really kind of started a, like a community uh, thing with it. So that's how it, it, it kind of came about. We started to, uh, uh, we actually, pr- I'm actually proud of us. We, 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 we had those intentional conversations <laughs> and then we started to set, to set, to really hold each other accountable. And we said uh, like, hey, we're going to have a meeting. We had a meeting. We said we were gonna we're gonna create a deadline, and we started to meet the deadlines, and we put out our first um, first episode this year. Uh, you know, then we started to do now. This this is the part we're trying to figure out things, and I'm sure you're you have the same. Uh, you had to go through the same thing, figure out well, how do where do we even put up uh, yeah. record a, a podcast? Where yep. do we put it out? Yep. How are we gonna do figure out this logo? How are we gonna figure out um, you know how to edit the podcast? All of that. So. Um, it's, it's been a, it's been a great journey so far. You know, every time we record, we're trying to, we're trying to get better. It's trying to improve, opening the feedback, uh, <laughs> trying to, trying to put out content consistently. Um, yeah. It's, it's something that we're trying to do too. So, so, so I'm, I'm going to do a quick lightning round because, uh, if you all have not listened, um, you know, we support all podcasts that we can out here. So the soundboard podcast, you can find it on all of your, uh, podcasting outlets there. But uh, I got a, a few things that you've talked about or you guys have talked about on the podcast recently. And I wanted to mm-hmm. kind of get a little uh, lightning round here in regards to you sharing a little bit more uh, of your perspective and things on that. Um, so the first one is relationships. Uh, so on the last one, <laughs> on the last podcast, communication is key. Uh, yeah. You all, <laughs> you know, you talked about, uh, you know, dating and, you know, I think Dante had asked a question about you know, uh, or saw a post and said, you know, just date to have fun versus dating with, with the, uh, intention. And you got real mm-hmm. serious on this, uh, piece. And you was like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell not. Nah, I date for marriage. Um, so, um, <laughs> what, what, um, what, what created or generated or, uh, refined that for you, uh, to have you have such a strong, um, uh, direction in there, um, <laughs> as far as that perspective. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So it, it's for me, it's bigger than just like romantic relationships. Relationships are huge for me in my life in general, and I think that most people take relationships too casual, mm. uh, too cavalier. Like they, they don't put enough time and value in relationships. And relationships are so important because these are the people that you are choosing to do life with, yep. and whether that be like for marriage or whether that be for friendship or whatever it may be, these are the people that you're choosing to either confide in or do life with. And they influence you in way in, in all areas of life. So I think it's very important to be intentional with the relationship. So when that conversation came up and Dante brought up, uh, you know, can you just date for fun? I'm like, hell no, it's, it's a terrible idea because uh, like, what, what is the outcome of yeah. you're doing that? Right. Like, if, if, and my whole thing is like intentionality. So if you are just out here, dating for fun or in relationships uh going from one to the next like like are those relationships valuable are those relationships pouring into you are they uh are they sharpening you are they helping you to become a better person or are they tearing you down are they pulling something away from you so um you know when i got serious about it on there more so in the romantic 
romantic standpoint is because I also um, see how how many people get into relationships um, that don't last mm. and the negative effects from relationships are so detrimental that yeah. people don't really they don't they don't realize it or they don't put the value on there. Mm. And so before you get married, I think you there's so much work that should be done or intentional work that should be done in, in discovering and figuring uh, each other out because you're going to essentially make a commitment to be with this person for life. And if you you don't do that work on the front end, then that life on the back end <laughs> is going to be <laughs> and, and I'm just speaking from from I'm not married or anything like that. So I'm just speaking from an observation standpoint. But that's why I think that there's so many people that get divorced is because you don't even know what you were getting into. You weren't really intentional about how you went about this relationship. I mean, you spent yeah. as much spent spent more time in the in the the dating area um, and really getting to know this person, or maybe even just getting to know yourself, because um, a relationship with yourself is important as well. Yep. Then um, then maybe you can prevent some some things to happen. Not everything for sure. But well, some it's, of the it's interesting because the last time we talked about relationships on the podcast with you, uh, mm-hmm. you was like, "There's no hope out here." Um, so it seems as if, <laughs> <laughs> seems as if you're, 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 you, you've changed perspective just a little bit, but, um, <clears throat> it's good for you to kind of hear that intentionality part of it. And I think a lot of people will, will gain from it. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the second thing that I want to just, um, uh, challenge or, or do the lightning round on, and this is probably more of a, a, a low rumble versus lightning. Cause we're not necessarily going that quick, but, um, <laughs> yeah. you, you spoke about, um, goal setting you all talked about you know hey uh you know do you need to you know set goals in life um and and the value of goal setting in regards to being driven by it versus burdened by it um and so um how do you weigh that out because it's kind of summarized it's kind of how you've been in your life right like hey there's more for me to do i i aspire to do more because i've seen the impact of more uh, how do you weigh that part of called an intentional living versus um, living a life that you're allowing things to come to you? Not necessarily that you're just completely ambivalent to whatever happens, but I, I assume in your life there still has to be some balance of focus, plan, direction, as well as spontaneity. How do you balance that? Yeah, that and that's something I'm still learning mm. <laughs> is how to, to to effectively balance that. But um, I think I'm doing a much better job of like the intentional uh, focus planning part. Yeah, because I naturally my natural inclination is just to wake up and go with the flow. Mm. And so like whatever happens, happens, whatever, you know, you know, whatever the day brings. And that's what the day brings. <laughs> and then I'll just I'll just adapt with it. And so part of you know, navigating my 20s and, and really spend, spending some time in self-growth and, and reflection, um, I recognized and I shifted my mindset more from a reactive standpoint to proactive um, from, you know, from things just happening to me to then me like deciding and choosing how I want things to happen, at least from everything that I can control. Yeah. And so um, I look at goals more so from the standpoint of just it gives me direction. That's good. And so if I was, you know, how I was how I naturally wake up without direction and just however life happens is very reactive. So that means that I'm putting my time, I'm putting my energy into the hands of other people. So when I wake up, (laughs) not being able to take ownership of what I'm going to do with that time in that day, um, I may not accomplish anything for the day. 
It may not get me anywhere closer to where, where I really want to be. And so goals help me to really um, spend some time figuring out what that looks like. So one, creating a vision, creating a plan for myself, and then giving me a target, something to aim at, to hit. And then I proactively started to shift my mindset to, uh, to do things a little bit differently. So one of the things um, I'll share is that like I, I stopped, I stopped um, checking my phone first thing when I wake up That's in the good. morning. Yeah. Right. So when I wake up in the first part of the day, uh, I usually spend some time with God. I spend some time with myself, try to figure things out. So that way I'm now in the driver's seat of how I want my day to go. Mm. When I if I was to wake up and pick up my phone and like I'm first thing I do is get on social media or respond to a text or a call, whatever it may be. I'm already acting off of my back foot. I'm mm. already going off of whatever I've seen. Now that's starting to jog my memory, starting to jog my mind. And um, I'm already at a disadvantage at this point. Then that's that's for me personally. So, you know, those goals help me to be a little bit more proactive with how I manage things. All right. My last thing. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's nothing more challenging. Maybe maybe you might take this one. You just stated that your 20s were reactionary. Right. Taking mm-hmm. things as they come to you. What do the 30s look like for Jeremy Joseph? 30s look like really. um living life on purpose, walking out yeah. my calling. So um, I really want to explore the areas that I've started to dabble into a little bit more. Okay. Uh, so, you know, exploring things with the blog, I want to continue writing and then uh, start to uh, really build off of that. So, you know, right now they're more reflection pieces, but continue to, um, to kind of tap into uh, expand my skill set with writing. That's good. I want to continue with the, with, Podcast definitely want to want to grow that. So we want to grow the community, want to grow the uh, the platform. Yeah. Because um, ultimately, I feel like once you have um, a platform, and if you know you remain authentic through your platform, then there's um, other doors that will open up with that. So um, hopefully that grows, and you know we can continue to build off of the podcast. And then um, I think one thing that you know stepping out in the the, the, uh, the early part of this year and with the podcast and the blog has shown me is that. Um, it's kind of sparks my creative outlet. That's good. And um, I think that working in a job, working in the job sometimes limits you because you're kind of working for essentially it's for somebody else's agenda, yeah. you know, whatever you want to do. And so this now has given me the freedom and to really start to think creatively, to start thinking outside of the box when it comes to a lot of different um, aspects in life. And so I, you know, 30s looking like, hey, I'm really trying to get into more into, uh, you know, growing a platform a media platform, but then also, you know, my own personal brand. What does that look like as far as um, maybe co- stepping into the coaching consulting world? Okay. Um, also, um, you know, getting into <laughs> investing in, in real in, in real estate. That's what's up. Um, so, trying to be a little bit more intentional with uh, the uh, the resources that I have, the gifts that I have. Um, you know, so ultimately, I can continue to live like an example for for other people. That's what's up. That's what's up. Well, thank you, man, for being on the podcast today. I appreciate you having me. It's, not, it's an honor. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope everyone enjoyed this, right? Because um, there are times in our life that we have to be able to make sense of what, what we've gone through, right? And I think a lot of people live, um, I won't say haphazardly, but they do kind of, like you said, live uh, operating from their back foot, right? Defensively, 
trying to handle everything that's coming towards them versus uh, living out in, uh, with intentional uh, efforts and, and intentionality out there. So hopefully there's people that have heard this and are uh, in, 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 and hear themselves in you or, or desire to at least get to where you're going and, and, uh, and want to be a part of that. So if somebody wanted to connect, learn more about you, connect with the podcast, the blog, all these things, how might, uh, what, what are the avenues to connect with Jeremy Joseph? Yeah. So you can, you can find me on, uh, on Instagram. My, my handle is at underscore Jeremy J that's J E R E M Y J. And you can find me on Facebook as well. I do have a, a link in my bio that links to both the blog and the podcast. And the podcast is the soundboard podcast. And that's on Apple podcast, Spotify, anywhere that you listen to podcast. <laughs> you, you got your, your, your little spiel down pat there. I see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> well, we hope that you all enjoyed uh, today's episode, uh, our latest installment in the league of extraordinary gentlemen. We appreciate Jeremy being on. We would love for you all also to like, share, subscribe, rate, review, especially on Apple. Uh, it provides us with a lot of great uh, insight as to what you like, what you don't like. If you don't want Jeremy on the podcast anymore, put that in there. It'll help me know who to have one uh, in the future. Um, but we, we hope that you all have enjoyed. Please, like I said, share, share that with those that you think that would enjoy this conversation and um, be able to uh, tune in for next week's uh, later installment in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Other than that, we thank you all for tuning in and we'll see you after a while.